And so with that in mind this morning, I want you to take out your Bibles or your phone, however you read the Word of God today. And we're going to, we're going to primarily, though I may go quite a few different places, I want to give you three passages to have, have ready. John, uh, let's go to just say the book of John, because I've got three or four chapters there. The book of Acts and Ephesians 5. Let me say that again. The book of John, the book of Acts, those are pretty easy to, and then Ephesians 5. That's where we're headed. You can just kind of begin to head in that direction, uh, and, uh, and we'll, uh, we'll get to those passages eventually. Uh, so we're growing God's way. Spiritual growth is what we've been talking about. And I want to encourage you, uh, to just Man, stay focused here with me uh, this Sunday, and 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 I'm not exactly sure how long that we'll carry this. We know Mother's Day's coming up in a couple of Sundays, and so they'll have a little emphasis there, undoubtedly. And so, and then, oh, next Sunday, let me throw this out to you. Next Sunday, everyone say next Sunday. Now, th- I'm saying this because I need you. I need you to really step it up. Everybody say step it up. I need you to step it up. Not only being here. But step it up by bringing and making sure other the family and friends are here. This is not a day to be away, but this next weekend is Beverly's mother's 90th birthday. Whoa. Everybody say, whoa. I'm telling you, I wish all of you could come meet Minnie Joe. I mean, she'd play the piano for you and we'd sing. It'd be great. She's doing really well for 90 years old, but it's a big, it's a big affair. All of our family will be gone that weekend. Okay. Uh, myself. Stacy and her fat, uh, pardon me? You'll be, what? Oh, you'll be here on Sunday. Okay. So most of us will be gone on Sunday. Uh, and so, uh, we need you to step it up. Pastor Sonny and Susan Cananser will be here preaching the word. And man, you know how, I'm a little, I want you to be here. I don't want him to show up and go, Pastor Sam, where'd everybody go, man? We just played fiddlesticks because nobody was here. So I need your help. Look at your rounds. Give somebody a fist bump. Say, I'm going to be here next Sunday. Boom. I'm going to be here next Sunday. I'm going to bring a friend. Boom. Bring your friends, family. Let's fill it up. That's next Sunday. Uh, and so as we move through the summer, uh, it's a time for spiritual growth and real emphasis on spiritual growth. And so uh, I want you to catch that with me today because one of our four, fourfold purposes, let me just say it, here's our church's fourfold purpose. We're called to gather. We've been doing that. We're gathering now. The men gathered Wednesday night. The ladies gathered for uh, Priscilla Shire Saturday all day. Man, I heard that was the bomb. And so ladies, if you missed it, I, I don't know what to tell you. You just missed a great time. Uh, I, I know when my wife and my daughters are, are sending me messages, go, this is awesome. I know it's really good. And so uh, they had a great time. We're gathering. We're going to gather uh, Thursday evening and then so, man, we're called to gather, but then we're called to grow. It's the call of God for our life. It's a biblical precedent, a biblical principle for us to grow spiritually. Spiritual growth doesn't just happen, right? Okay, and so that's the whole emphasis. We're called to gather, we're called to grow, we're called to give, and we're called to go. It's hard to give and go if you're not gathering and growing. And so we're called to gather, we're called to grow, we're called to give, we're called to go. And our keynote verse was Matthew 5, 48. And before we show it to you in the message, here's what Jesus said. It's just the New King James. Therefore, you shall be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. How many of you would love to have perfect kids? It ain't happening, is it? 
Why? Because you're not perfect, right? Jesus isn't talking about perfection. He's talking about spiritual maturity. That word means to be spiritually mature, to be a full age and grown up. Now, here's the message. I love this verse in the message. And I would encourage you to get the message and kind of read through some of it. In a word, let's all read it out loud together. In a word, what I'm saying is grow up. Everybody say grow up. Grow up. Here we go. Your kingdom subjects. Now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously toward others the way God lives toward you. Everybody say it really loud. Grow up. Man, we need to get growing. Amen. We need to engage God and engage our life in the purpose and the process of spiritual growth. And so we're learning to grow God's way. In fact, Here's the emphasis on Sunday morning, though we've had growth groups. There's another place to grow. Sunday morning at 9.20, 9.30, Donuts Fellowship, and then we then we grow together in a growth group on Sunday morning. Uh, I encourage you to be here next Sunday for growth group. Uh, remember, most of us will not be here as far as my family, so you need to be here especially, and let's fill in and let's grow together in growth groups. Uh, and so growing, and here's the whole Sunday morning emphasis, growing God's way requires a right environment. Everyone say the right environment. You things need the right environment to grow correctly. I mean, correct. I mean, uh, how about fish? Do they, do they thrive in desert lands? No, they need water. They need the right environment. And even in water, they need the right kind of water. There are certain kind of fish that do great in salt water, and there are certain kind of fish that do great in fresh water. There's fresh water, salt water. You get the picture. It's the environment that they thrive in. And, and that's the same way it is with us. And, you know, not only fish, but flowers need the right environment and the, the, and to, for them to grow. In fact, this morning I got up and walked around and looked at our little flower, uh, 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 what do they call the planters on the windows? And I noticed down on the end where they get most most of the sun. While I was gone, my wife let them nearly burn up. They're about to die over there. You watered them? They need help though. Something's wrong with their environment. And so this morning after I got ready to preach, I was out watering the grass and trying to not be bitter. I'm I just the way it was. I, and so she said she watered them. So something's wrong with the environment because they needed an extra help. Hey, even fungus needs the right environment to grow. Are you with me? And that's the way it is with spiritual growth the right environment. We've talked about the environment of receptivity, the environment of a committed community. And then last Sunday, the environment of tenacity, the ability, Jesus said in different passages, he, in fact, one in Revelations three, he says, he said, uh, he said, hold on, I'll be there soon. Take a firm grasp on the things you've received to hang on. How many of you know spiritual growth requires us to get a hold of some things and not let go? Everybody say amen. And so we've been talking about the right environment. We've also, hopefully, been reading through the book, Principles of Spiritual Growth, that I emailed you. It's a free copy. You can download it and read it uh, uh, from uh, Stanford J. Miles or Miles J. Stanford. I get his first and last name mixed up, but it was great truths. Here's a quote from that book. The development of the divine life in the Christian is like the natural growth in the vegetable world. We do not need to make any special effort 
only, and here's the effort, place ourselves under the conditions favorable for such growth. You see, I love that. Now, he says no special effort, but here's the special effort that all of us need to understand. We, the effort we put is put ourselves in the right environment. You're in the right environment this morning. You're at the place of fellowship and, and hearing the word of God. And so that's what we've been talking about. Now, this morning, I want to share something with you that maybe I should have shared with you right up front, but I think it's apropos and right on time for us today. It's the environment of Holy Spirit anointing. Everyone say Holy Spirit anointing. Man, I'm telling you today, I'm going to give you something that maybe you should already have known, but if you don't know it, or maybe it got away from you, you're in the right place at the right time doing the right thing, because I'm going to tell you something that without the Holy Spirit anointing, working and operating in your life, you will not grow spiritually. Are you with me? Say amen. It's the environment of Holy Spirit anointing. Now, are you in the book of John? Are you there? Now, I wanna, I've got some passages up there. One that I did not put up, uh, Felicia, I'm gonna give to everyone. John 7, 37 through 39. Now, I'm just laying a foundation for this thought about the right environment of the Holy Spirit anointing in your life for you to grow spiritually. Look what Jesus said. Now, they didn't quite understand all that he was saying, but look what he said in John, what did I say? John 7. 37, on the last day, that great day of the feast. I wish I had time to explain what was going on on this last day, the great day of the feast. Man, everybody was feasting, happy, celebrating. Jesus stood up on the last day, which was supposed to be the apex of the celebration. He said, if anybody's still thirsty after all this feasting, he stood up and he cried and he said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, pardon me, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Everyone say living water. So he said, if you believe on me, out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. And then then John kind of gives the understanding here. But this, he spoke concerning the Spirit. He's talking about the Holy Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So Jesus was speaking of the coming of the Holy Spirit uh, in kind of a, a veiled terminology uh, that that, that uh, they didn't quite probably understand. But he was speaking about the Spirit of God. And he said, when you have faith in me and you believe in me, out of your innermost being, King James said, will flow rivers of living water. That's the And that's a direct reference to the Holy Spirit. How many of you know... The, the rivers of living water is a great environment for spiritual growth. Without water, things don't grow, correct? And so now go to John chapter 14. He becomes more, uh, he, he begins to unveil this, the Holy Spirit that is coming. John 14, he says this. Oh, what verses do I want to use here? John 14, verse 26, look what he says. He says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. Now catch this. We're talking about spiritual growth. What, what's he going to do? He will do what? He will do what? He will teach you. Everyone say, teach us. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things. Have you ever tried to read the Bible without the help of the Holy Spirit? 
you get all confused. But when the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will teach you all things. I love that. And bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Look in John 16. He begins to get more defined. He said in verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's your advantage that I go away. If I don't go away, the Holy, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I'll send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and judgment. Verse 13. However, when the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you. Listen. He will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. I'm telling you you and what Jesus is saying is that the Holy Spirit's influence in our life is vitally necessary for our spiritual growth and prosperity. Somebody say amen. I say somebody said amen. Okay. Now go all the way to first John. Jump over there. I'm laying a foundation. I want you to see this. John first John chapter two, the context that John is speaking here is because of deception that is prevalent in the world and, and, and the important and the influence of the antichrist in the world. You can get the context by reading through the entire book, but verse 18 talks about the antichrist and the influence of false truths and liars and people who try to undermine the truth of God in us. Look what he says. Oh, down in verse 27. There's a lot I could say, but let let me show you 27. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. What's he talking about? The Holy Spirit in our life. Now listen, in the age of deception, when people are trying to get into our world and help us to teach us to believe things that are untrue, that are anti-Christ, anti-God, he said, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you and you do not need anyone to teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, the, the Holy Spirit teaches us concerning all things. Uh, uh, it goes on to say, uh, and is true and it is not a lie, just as he has taught you, uh, you will abide in him. Now, just for the sake of context, when he says you don't have anyone, any need of anyone teach you, he's not referencing the fact that we don't need to put ourselves under the, uh, the ministry of teachers. We know by the bigger context of the word of God, that's not what he's saying. He's saying, man, when it comes to this world of deception, what you really need is the Holy Ghost. Don't lean on any other spirit than the Holy Spirit to speak to you and teach you. Are you with me? In fact, if you sit under all the greatest Bible teachers in the world and don't have the Holy Spirit there to apply it in your heart, it's just wasted effort and energy. Are you with me? Say amen. So here it is. The environment of the Holy Spirit in our life, the atmosphere of the Spirit of God, the anointing of God in our life is vitally necessary for our spiritual growth and maturity. Now, let me give you two big truths here. I want to show you these two thoughts from these verses. Okay, here's the first one. Without the in initial influence of the Holy Spirit in our life, spiritual life and growth is impossible. In fact, let me, let me, let's just talk about how you get born again. 
If you go back to John 16, what does it say about the Holy Spirit? He convicts us of our sin, right? Of sin, righteousness, and judgment. The Holy Spirit convicts us, convinces us that we're in need of a Savior. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. So you can't even be born again without the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. You can't begin, spiritual life does not begin without the work of the Spirit of God. New things do not begin. In fact, go all the way back to Genesis 1. When the world was without form and void. Read verse 1 and 2. What does it say? And the Holy Spirit was hovering. In other words, there was a Holy Spirit environment for things to begin to grow and become come into existence. So catch this with me. Without the initial influence of the Holy Spirit, spiritual life and growth is impossible. Do you realize that? Say amen. And here's number two big idea. Without the continual influence of the Holy Spirit, spiritual growth is stifled and stopped. So it's a daily lifestyle of the influence of the Holy Spirit operating in our life and, and us and nurturing the environment of the Holy Spirit in our life for spiritual growth to continue. Let me just share some thoughts with you about that today. I know this is a lot, but hey, let's just kind of look at Acts chapter 1. I want to give you a snapshot. Go back to Acts. I want to give you a, a just a snapshot. Man, what happened in the book of Acts? Things began to explode. Things began to happen. The church began to grow. And let me just tell you why the church began to grow is because the people, the disciples of Jesus began to grow. And the reason they began to grow is because they had been in the presence of Jesus. Now, follow along with what Jesus said to his disciples. They got nervous that he said he was leaving, but he said, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And while he was here, they were learning and growing spiritually. Okay, through his direct influence. And when he rose again uh, from the dead, he actually hung out with the disciples, if you read in Acts chapter 1, for 40 days, teaching them things concerning the kingdom of God. I'm telling you, I would have loved to have been a part of that Bible study. Okay, And then uh, he told them before he was ascended to the Father, he said, you wait, you, you wait for the Holy Spirit in the, in, in, here in Jerusalem. Don't leave without the Holy Spirit. And once they received the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, things began to explode. The growth began to be exponential, not just numerical, but spiritual growth. Let me show it to you. You want me to show it to you? Is it okay if I show it to you? Let's show, are you ready? You want to see it? Janet, you want to see it? Okay, let me show it to you. Just quickly, I'll put it this way, a quick snapshot. Acts chapter 1, he introduces them and reminds them about the promise of the Spirit. That's what he said in John. I read them just a few moments ago, but I didn't give you a whole lot. John 14 and, and John 16, he made a promise to them. He said, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm not going to leave you helpless. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, the helper, the comforter. The Greek word is the paraclete, the one brought alongside to help you. I'm going to have somebody right there to help 
Yeah, for goodness sake. The Holy Spirit, he'll never leave you or forsake you. He'll be right there with you. You just need to, this is Pastor Sam's uh, uh, paraphrase. You just need to embrace the presence and the person of the Holy Spirit in your life. And so he reminded them about the promise. And then he, he shared with them the priority of the Holy Spirit. Because he said this in verse uh, 4, he said, chapter 1, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them. Not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise. So he, he reminded them about the promise and he affirmed to them the priority. How many of you know when Jesus commands you something, it's a priority? When you talk to your children and you command them to do something, would you think that would be a top priority? And so Jesus introduced to them and reminded them about the promise. And then he built within them the priority. This is top priority. Do not go home without the power and the influence of the Holy Spirit in your life. You're going to need the Holy Spirit in your world to help you grow spiritually. Vitally, nece vitally necessary. And then he begins to talk about the power. For he says in verse 8, when the, when you but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And then he tells them the purpose. He says this, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And you know what they did? You know what? They, in response to all that, they believed the promise. They believed what Jesus was saying to them. They embraced what he said. And they said, I believe that you have, you have the spirit. And they stayed there and they began to seek God. They believed the promise and they waited on the promise. I love the ver the chapter, Psalm 27. He said, wait, I say on the Lord. How many of you know sometimes we get in a big hurry when God's not in a hurry? How many of you know spiritual growth doesn't happen in a hurry? It happens over a lifetime. When we can't get in a hurry, we've got to believe the promise and wait for the promise in our life and embrace the promise. They believed. They waited. They were in agreement together about the promise. It says they were all in one accord in one place and they were praying. They prayed for the promise and, and and they were seeking God and agreeing together. And then guess what? They received the promise. And when that happened, the explosion happened. There was numerical growth. But you know why there was numerical growth? Because these first believers had put themselves in an environment of receptivity to the things of God and the influence of the Holy Spirit in their life. Amen? I'm convinced that most people miss God because they're not willing to trust God. They're not willing to wait on God. They're not willing to come together in agreement and pray and seek God and put themselves at a place where God feels comfortable showing up by way of the power of the Holy Spirit in their life. Amen? We've got to do the same. The results. Look over in Acts chapter 2, verse 40. You know the story. The Holy Spirit fell 
Peter began to preach. People began to get born again. The Holy Spirit was poured out and, and Peter preaches under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Man, there was no dry bones there. Man, it was life. There was Holy Spirit anointing all over him. People were being convicted of sin. Why? Because of the preaching of the word and the conviction of the Holy Spirit in their life. And man, people began to cry out to God. 3,000 plus people were born again because of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And it says in verse, gosh, 39, for the promise, speaking of the Holy Spirit, is to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Follow me. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Now watch this growth component kick in gear. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. In other words, there was an atmosphere of learning and growth in the air. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and prayers. And then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common. They sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily. Everyone say continuing daily. Man, that phrase is, is huge when it comes to spiritual growth and in the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit in their, in your life. Continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. I could go on and on, but I'm telling you, they put themselves in an environment. They placed themselves at a place where the Holy Spirit was welcome. And they received the power and the presence and the promise of the Father in their life. And spiritual growth began to be exponentially multiplied in their midst. Why? Because they got in the right environment. Living water began to water their soul. The Holy Spirit began to empower them and put them in a place. Why? Because they put themselves in the right environment. Just like I read, hey, it's no special effort. Uh, it's like vegetable world. It's just got to place yourselves under the conditions favorable for such growth. If you're with me, say amen. Now, with that in mind, look to Ephesians. Let's go to Ephesians. I want to show you something else. And then here's what I want to do today. How many of you want to spend a few moments when I'm done just opening your heart up to the, to the life-giving flow of the Holy Spirit in your life in a fresh and a new way? How many of you would, would appreciate just spending a few moments? And so I want to tune in our sound guys because our, our instruments are gone at the close of the service. Let's make sure we have, let's let, help me with the environment with some spiritual song of the Lord that in, in worship type atmosphere that we can spend some time in the presence of God. Look in Ephesians chapter five. I want to show you this, uh, uh verse, mm, uh, there's a lot here I could say, but let's just look in verse 18. These are direct, these are direct directives. 
the Holy Spirit said through Paul to the Ephesian church, and do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation. I think King James says wherein is excess, but be what? But be what? Filled with the Spirit. Basically, what he's saying is, don't let the things of this world intoxicate you and you be under their influence. You've, here's where you've got to find yourself, under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Man, what's he saying? You've got to be in an environment where you are always under the influence. In fact, here's the Greek rendering here. Look at it. Uh, uh, break these words down. It says this, don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be ye continually being filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, the, 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 the first century church in Acts chapter 2, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit and then they had the responsibility uh, to live a life where you were continually being filled with the Holy Spirit, living in an environment of the Holy Spirit's influence in your life. I got to ask us today, how, how much of our day is spent under the influence of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to say it again. You may want to close your eyes and think about it. I don't know. Man, turn the lights down low and let's just wonder, oh, how much of our day, how, come on now, I'm asking myself, how much of our day is spent under the direct influence of the Holy Spirit's ministry and presence in our life? And if there's a huge question mark there, that leads to some conclusions. You know what conclusion that leads us to? If we have big question marks about the Holy Spirit's direct daily influence and interaction in our life, you know what that, you know what the conclusion is in the context of this message? Spiritual growth has been greatly stifled in our lives. Because I've already laid it out. Jesus said, man, he'll teach you things. He'll teach you all things. He'll bring to remembrance those things that you thought you had forgotten. Man, the anointing, uh, which come, it'll teach you everything. It's the environment of the Spirit of God that is vitally necessary for our spiritual growth. There is no life without the influence of the Holy Spirit in our life. Are you with me? Say amen. And so he says, he says, be ye continually being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, let me read on. Don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be continually being filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 19 through 21, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. Let me show, I'm going to break it down and I'll, then I'll, I'll define it. Watch this. The environment, this, this, break this down. The environment of the Holy Spirit, when you're under the influence, how many, I don't want you to raise your hand, but how many have ever been terribly under the influence of something other than the Holy Ghost? Well, we got one. He just, he just, I don't know if you're proud of it or if you're confessing it. I don't know. We've all have. I don't want you to, I don't want you to go down in the basement and dig holes, but we've all been under the influence. I could tell you some terrible stories about my stupidity in my early days. Uh, and, and, and when you're under the influence of something, it affects every area of your life, right? 
And let me just break, let's break it down. When you're filled with the Spirit, when you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit, watch how this breaks down. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. In other words, they, they place, when we're under the consistent influence of the Holy Spirit, we will purposefully place ourselves consistently in a corporate environment of worship. There's a lot of people think they, they don't need the church. They don't need, they just got God and the Holy Ghost. That ain't right. It's ridiculous. Because here's Paul says to the church, okay, if you're going to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit, let me tell you what's going to be happening. You're going to be interacting with the corporate body of Christ in an atmosphere of worship. And not only that, but it's going to, it's going to certainly impact your personal life. You said, and, and then he says, uh, you speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And then number two, singing and making melody in your hearts. Look at that. To the Lord or in your heart to the Lord. In other words, when you're under the daily consistent influence of the Holy Spirit, you're going to place yourself consistently in the environment of the family of faith and worship God together. And you're also going to find yourself personally positioning yourself and placing yourself in the environment of personal worship and adoration and devotion to God. Are you with me? Are you following me? That's when you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And then number three, you're gonna, when we're under the consistent influence of the Holy Spirit in our life, we'll place ourselves consistently in the presence of God our Father, of course, because he says, verse 20, giving thanks always for things to God, for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. How many of you know Psalms 100 says this? You enter his gates, you enter his presence with what? with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And, and so wh- look here what Paul said. Man, you're going to always be in the environment of the presence of God uh, but by way of thanksgiving to God for all things. Let me tell you, you want to know the great way to unleash, unleash the Holy Spirit in your life? Quit worrying and fretting about everything and start thanking God for everything. Come on, are you with me? Say Amen. You don't thank God for bad times. You thank God through the bad times. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, everybody. Come on. You want to just practice. Some of you just need to work out. Lift your hands. Come on. Everybody, just lift your hands. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not going, hey, I don't, anybody got any issues? Anybody got any issues you're dealing with? Any issues? Anybody got issues? You're battling issues? Hey, get your eyes off those issues. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Holy Ghost, have your way in me. I'm going to just be thankful to God always. In all things, through all things, I give thanks. Give thanks in everything. But this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning me. And you know what happens when you start doing that? The Holy Ghost goes. And it also, like we used to sing, starts bubbling up on the inside. It's bubbling. It's bubbling. Bubbling in my soul. There's singing. There's laughing. Since Jesus made me whole. Well, folks don't understand it. They try to keep it quiet. But it's a bubbling, 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 bubbling day and night. Oh man, I'm about to, I'm about to, what do you do when you go up another key? I'm about to modulate on that one. <laughs> Whoo, look out. I'm going to modulate. If I modulate, you better look out. Because the Holy Spirit 
It's the environment that all of us need to grow spiritually. And we also place ourselves consistent when we're under the influence. I can tell when people, you know, you know, one of the first signs that I see that just show up like a big neon sign over people's life that they are not under the influence of the Holy Spirit in their life. You know what that first big, it's, it's, it says this, rebel, rebel, rebel. I don't need anybody in my life to tell me what to do. I'm rebel. I'm my own person. Rebel. I don't want to be submitted to anybody. I'm submitted to God, but nobody else. That's a lie, by the way. If you're not submitted to somebody, you're not submitted to anybody. Ooh, Jesus. Am I right? Look what he says. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 21. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. There's two, two, hey, there's two avenues. Submitting to one another and submitting to God. Walking in submission to the authority of God in your life that releases God and the power of the Holy Spirit over your life and things begin to grow. Because what does God do when we resist Him and, we re- and we're prideful? He resists the proud. So it's a corporate attitude of receptivity. When, we, when we, we receive from others and we receive from God because we are submitted in our heart. Don't be drunk with wine. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. You see today, understand something. Spiritual growth, growing God, God's way, requires the environment, the atmosphere, the presence, and the involvement, and the influence. Most, most people try to get God to do stuff for them. I'm going to influence God. No, you're not. But you got to turn it around. I'm not going to try to get God to do anything. I'm going to put myself in a place where God can do anything for me. I'm not going to try to get Him to do anything. I'm just going to put myself in a place where I'll be willing to do anything for Him. And His presence will show up. The Spirit of God will show up. And our men, Holy Spirit, have your way in my life. Holy Spirit, have your way. Spirit of God. Holy Spirit of God.
your spirit, God. Holy Spirit, have your way. Holy Spirit, have your way. Come on. Come on, church. Step into the river. Jesus said, if you believe me, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. That He spoke of the Holy Spirit. Let's just let the river flow here for a few moments. Oh, let your river flow through us, not just to us, God. Let your river flow through us, not just to Holy Spirit. I receive from you. I receive from you. Some of you may need to let go of other influences in your life right now. You may feel a, a, a distance from the Holy Spirit. You may need to begin where they began in the book of Acts and they repented and they turned to God. Peter told them, repent. You receive the gift of the Holy Spirit in your life. Lord, we repent of anything that we're under the influence of that is not the Holy Ghost. The influence of our flesh, the influence of other spirits, the influence of, of, of pride and rebellion, the influence of selfishness and self-serving. Lord, we, we ask you to cleanse our hearts and Lord, help us, Lord, find freedom for those other influences in our life that have undermined the, the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life. And today, Lord, baptize us afresh and anew in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I receive what you have for me today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I lift my hands and surrender. Oh, I pray in the Spirit with the understanding also. I sing in the Spirit and sing with the understanding also. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Spirit of God. Spirit of God, we trust you to water our hearts. We welcome you into our lives, afresh and anew. And let us follow through with what Paul told the Ephesians to be continually being filled with the Holy Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing, making melody in our hearts to God. 
giving thanks to God our Father always and through all things, submitting ourselves to you in the fear of God and to one another, in the environment of spiritual growth. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah.